flames are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. podcast of the AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. Uh, we are your hosts. I am uh, Rob, and my co-host is the irredeemable Shag. Say hi, Shag. Hello, peoples of the world. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, anyway, uh, this is our uh, first episode, and uh, I guess we wanted to get into why we are here. Why are we doing a podcast? Uh, what are our sites about? Why do we love uh, Aquaman and Firestorm so much? So I'm going to start off uh, asking the irredeemable Shag. Shag, uh, why Firestorm? Why Firestorm? Um, well, because he's cool and his head's on fire. Why else? I mean, do I really need to say any more? You could say, uh, say the same thing about Richard Pryor, but that's all right. <laughs> I've been a fan of Firestorm going back to about 1984. The first time I ever saw him was on the Super Friends. He, he made an appearance in, in, in the season opener, and I just immediately thought the character was so cool. I mean, here's a guy who could merge, an old guy and a young guy would merge into one character, and he had sort of wish-fulfillment powers, and I thought this was the coolest thing ever. So me and my you know 11-year-old self went up to the convenience store and remembered had seen, I had seen some Firestorm comic books up there. Because at the time, I had been mostly a Marvel guy. I was buying things like X-Men and Secret Wars. And I picked up Firestorm, Fury of Firestorm number 28 by Jerry Conway and Raphael Cannon and just thought this was the coolest thing. Even though the villain was Slipknot and may not be... The, <laughs> Even the though coolest. the villain was Slipknot. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. A guy who fights with rope. Yep, that's him. <laughs> that, it, it's not even magic rope. It's just rope. Uh, but loved the comic immediately, kept buying it, um, and... It just went from there. Now, years later, I found myself in a position where I was uh, getting into blogging. I was enjoying doing blogs. I had become a big fan of the Aquaman Shrine. Thank you very much. 
And uh, I'm also going to give a shout-out to a couple other folks, speedforce.org, which covers Flash, I was a really big fan of, and the idol head of Diablo, I think is how you say it, is uh, Martian Manhunter um, blog. And all of those I thought were really great. The way you guys covered the characters was really interesting. And, I, you know, I liked Firestorm. There was a, a niche I saw, so I started the firestormfan.com, and that brings us, I guess, to now. <laughs> uh, how many... How long has the Firestorm fan been going now? Started in early 2009, and then I immediately started coercing all my fellow superhero bloggers into teaming up and crossovers. <laughs> so, <laughs> started 2009, but it feels like longer. And uh, actually, I, for those of you who, who haven't visited the site or don't much, we, we've actually kind of have a, a group of us. There's quite a few of us. Like, you know, one person covers Aquaman, someone covers Flash, I cover. Firestorm, there's people that cover Martian Manhunter. You know, there's all these different characters out there that people cover, and every so often we come together and team up. And that's kind of probably, Rob, where some of this came from, was a lot of those crossovers we had done, and you and I had done a couple, a couple other ones, and, and I was a fan of Aquaman, and it just kind of brought us together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's it's been really interesting watching how, you know, like there almost every character in the DC Universe has now got his own block. Well, you know, somebody out there loves, you know, Mr. Terrific or the Demon or, you know, that's, I, I really, you could just go through the entire, you know, DC catalog and you're like, yeah, that guy's got, oh, okay, this character, this character, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's, it, the team up, team ups have been so much fun to do. I think we're still waiting on the Crimson Fox blog, but <laughs> now, now I remember first time you and I bumped into each other was when Aquaman Shrine was something else entirely. And that was back in, like, 2001. Tell, tell us about your passion for Aquaman and how did the shrine come to be as it is now. Well, it's funny. I probably – I actually don't remember the first time I saw Aquaman. It was probably, uh, like you, on the Super Friends, you know. Uh, I grew up in the very early 70s, and, you know, the Super Friends were – was just always on. It just, I, I never didn't watch it. Um, so I actually think I probably discovered Aquaman through the Super Friends, uh, not through the comic books. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether, um, it has anything to do with my artistic upbringing or my background and that, like, I'm attracted to, like, the Aquaman colors. I mean, the fact that his, <laughs> his colors are different than a almost any, first of all, anybody on the Super Friends, for the most part. And almost in comics, I mean, most superhero characters, their color, their uniforms are primary colors. They're red, blue, and yellow. Almost yep. everybody is red, blue, and yellow. And he's green and orange. He's, he's secondary colors, which, of course, in later, will perfectly fit the character and his persona. Being secondary? Being secondary. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I have to think that it has something to do with it. Um, I was always, like, kind of... Um, terrified of the water as a kid we used to go to i mean i don't want to like get too deep into the psycho uh, uh analyzing here because it's probably just you know nonsense but um you know when i was a kid we used to go to a cabin every um every year for for like two weeks and we always went over my birthday and it was a cabin that sat on a lake and i liked the idea of being on the water but like i was always sort of terrified even lakes you know like my father would be like there's no sharks in lakes <laughs> those are and I'm like, okay, you know, like, you know, my dad knows a lot, but maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I was not a brave child. So, um, so a guy who not only is not scared of anything in the water, but is commands the water. You know, he, every single sea creature is his, 
I always thought that was cool. I know that that's like considered a punchline. Oh, he talks to fish. But to me, that was a cool power. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, and just, you know, so I, I think probably the first time I ever saw him in a comic book had to have been in the Justice League because I've been reading the, I was reading some form of Justice League comic book since I was like a zygote. So, I mean, I always, um, and I always just, I don't know, I just sort of like the fact that he, I don't know, that he didn't hoggle the attention. You know, it's like, you know, Superman and Batman, they just got like all the, all the action. I've always been interested in the side guys, whether it's like in movies, like character actors, I'm more interested in those guys than I am the main guy. So I think all that fits in. And then, uh, in terms of the, the blog, I mean, you know, a lot, I've always been interested in the character and just the fact that he is so put upon. Um, I always, I feel compelled to defend that a little bit. And, and I think that, um, I've said many times before in, in many different venues, but like, you know, even before all the comic book movies where now you can like now, I mean, anybody walks around with a superhero t-shirt and it's not considered weird, you know, because of their movie stars. Right. Um, but you know, growing up, even, even growing up, like if you were a Batman fan, that wasn't that weird. And nobody was going to be like, Oh, Batman's not cool. Now Batman was like, a, he's a huge, was and is a huge pop culture icon. Always will be. So you can be a Spider-Man fan or a Batman fan or a Superman fan. And that's not, that's, you know, you're not getting any funny looks. Aquaman that that requires that requires an extra level of dedication and so I think there's a certain <laughs> amount of like you know like you said you, you you mentioned a niche well there was a niche I mean like Aquaman had a fan site Laura Jovag's the unofficial Aquaman site and I when I started the shrine it was not meant to at all um like try and move in on her territory because I started it as just a merchandising thing. I was just collecting Aquaman stuff. I, ironically enough, I didn't really even start collecting Aquaman stuff. I bought when I was a kid. I had an Aquaman pencil case, um, you know, the little blue pencil case with the zipper, and it had Aquaman's logo on it. And in like '99. Uh, back when eBay was just starting up, which, God, I look back on that, I wish I'd never discovered that damn site. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, eBay was just starting up, and I was like, wow, you know what? I'd love to have that old Aquaman pencil case again. And, th- and there it was. Somebody was selling it. And I bought it, and the guy that I sold, the guy that sold it to me, his name is Rob, his name is Rob, uh, Rob Tullo, he was generous enough to include an Aquaman puzzle with my package for free. I guess mm-hmm. he, I guess he just had it lying around and he didn't want it. So he was like, Oh, obviously you're an Aquaman fan. Here's a superpowers Aquaman tray puzzle. And I was like, wow, now I have two pieces of Aquaman merchandise. And then a friend got me an Aquaman glass. And then I had three pieces of merchandise. <laughs> and then, then it just started, you know, then it was like, now I'm off to the races. So then, you know, by 2000, um, by the mid two thousands, I had, uh, well, actually, in the early 2000s, I had a, a, a decent-sized collection. I put it up as a sort of side page to my pro illustration site, which I don't recommend doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got more than one email from clients that were like, "What? I want to hire you. What the hell is this algorithm?" Like? So, <laughs> so in the mid in the mid 2000s, when blogs really started popping up, I thought, "Oh, this will be fun. I'll just put up pictures of my collection," and that was because Laura really didn't cover that. On, on her blog. She was really more about the character itself rather than the merchandise. And I was like, oh, well, this is like, you know, I can do this and it's unique and it's my collection. And then, you know, within like a couple of months, it just took off. 
And, you know, by by the six-month mark, I had interviewed Norman Alden from the Super Friends and had done... And it just became, like, a, you know, much bigger than I'd ever intended. And now we're staring at our, fi- our five-year anniversary. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm doing a podcast and all... You know, it just grew from there. So it's... it's I feel like I've given back to Aquaman. I feel like I've helped him get him more noticed in the culture. Um, and, you know, I feel like in some small way that's repaying for what he's done for me because he's always been my favorite character, you know, in and out of comics. So, um, I, I think that's fantastic. And, and I'll, I'll be nice here and generous, uh, which I promise not to do later, <laughs> and say some nice things about Aquaman in your site. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Aquaman as well. Uh, my... My, my first brush against Aquaman back in the Super Friends cartoons, two of them have always stuck out in my mind, even to this day. There's one, and I really don't remember much about this, so maybe people could write in and tell me, no, of course it's this episode, and at this time, and blah, blah, blah. But Aquaman got transformed into this, like, sea monster. It devolved, or something, I think it was, was, into this giant white sea monster, and, and that's always stuck with me. And it, it, in my brain, I was, I was like, wait a minute, he's of the sea, you know, because he looks like a person. He devolved into a sea monster, not not some sort of you know ape or something. I was like, wow! So he's not even like human. And then another one that always stuck out in my head was the episode of Challenge of the Super Friends, where the Super Friends are thrown back in time, or at least a few of them. And Aquaman gets the idea of burying his JLA communicator at the site where the Hall of Justice will be in the future. And then in the future, they just then detect it, and you know through the half life or whatever of, of the communicator, they're able to figure out what time. Aquaman is lost back in. They go back in time and save him. I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so the time travel really. <laughs> but those two kind of always stuck with me. And then around when when when, when did the uh, Neil Posner series come out? Was it 86? 80, 85. 85. 86. Okay. Early 86. Early 86. And the artist was I want to say is it Craig Hamilton? Craig Hamilton. Man, that book was so gorgeous. Oh, I yeah. remember picking it up at the convenience store, and that was really the first time I'd read an Aquaman specific comic. And it just blew me away. And I stuck with that whole miniseries. Uh, loved the blue costume. Still do to this day. Me too. And then a few years after that, I, I'd gotten into collecting hardcore, and I wanted to find an old Silver Age series to collect. I was like, I, I want to become someone who buys Silver Age comics, but I don't know where to start. And so I came across this great Aquaman cover, and that was it. I was done. I was in. It was Aquaman number 56. Little did I know it was the last issue. Oh. But... The creature that devoured Detroit. I had that. to own that. Yep. I just absolutely that cover is so awesome. And so um, from there, I just my my collecting of Aquaman exploded. I've, I've been buying Aquaman merchandise and Aquaman comics nonstop ever since. Um, and that was probably I don't know eighty nine somewhere in there. And um, so I'm a huge fan. I, I have more Aquaman merchandise than I need to. Certainly not as much as you. But I, I'm very proud to say a few of the things that have been featured on the shrine, actually, I, I picked, took pictures of and sent to Rob for my own collection. So, uh, Rob, you, you did a great job. I mean, on that site, it's amazing. And it, it inspired me with Firestorm Fan to get the courage to go out and interview people. Like, because I read your interviews on Aquaman Shrine, I had the courage to go out and contact Jerry Conway. Oh, Jerry and Conway. said, you know, the guy who wrote Firestorm for nine years, the guy who invented one of the co-creators of the series, and say, hey, could I talk to you? And, you know, he and I have talked three times now. I've been in three different interviews with him. Uh, most recently, I just did one a couple weeks ago with him and Al Milgram together. So you've been an inspiration, and you do a fantastic job, and, I, and the rest of us are, I feel like you're sort of the godfather of the comic, <laughs> comic blogging industry. Well, thank you. 
Thus, thus ends me being nice. Now it's all about Aquaman just talks to fish. That's where I am now. Because <laughs> this is all about Firestorm, folks, the nuclear man. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, I you know way more about Aquaman than I do about Firestorm. But at the, but um, one of the I, one of the first um, you know one of the, one of like my more uh, nice memories of buying comics as a kid was I mentioned earlier that we went to this cabin every year and. You know, it was up in the Poconos in, in Pennsylvania, and uh, this is in the 70s and 80s, and there wasn't much up there. I mean, this is, <laughs> this, this is a cabin with no phone, no TV, um, and, you know... No, no motor car. No, no motor car, no, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, and that, I have to say, like, not that, I, not that I didn't read comics the other 50 weeks of the year, which I did, but those two weeks really were like my bonding with comic books because that was all there was to entertain me. Mm. And, you know, like, we, it was a four-hour drive up there and I would plan my book, you know, like, get a stack. I would, you know, I was, I'm always over-preparing in terms of, like, how much material I might need to, to entertain me. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would bring 16 hours worth of comic book reading for a four-hour trip. Sure. And, and one of the fun things was always going through the little um, gas stations and newsstands up in this area and hunt for comics. And we were in the small town. The only, there's really the only town that's close. Um, and we went to a, like a – it was like a, like, a, like a Woolworths type store, you know, like a little yeah. – you know, not a convenience store but not Macy's either. And they had comic books uh, for sale and they had them without the covers, now oh. I didn't. I didn't know back then that that's illegal too. That that's, right. that that is somebody skimming money off of DC. By you know, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, in the old days you used to return unsold comics for credit. And the way you they didn't the companies didn't want the whole book back because you know they didn't want to pay the shipping. So they would just say, rip off the cover and send it to us because presumably the you know the cover uh, was the proof that this book was unsold. You weren't supposed to then sell the <laughs> right. coverless comic, but this this store did. Uh, I, I hope I don't get Woolworths uh, retroactively in trouble. And they had JLA number 179, which is, of course, the issue where Firestorm joins the Justice League. Heck yeah. Yeah, and they had that one. And, you know, this was in an era of, um, you know, you mentioned buying comics from, you know, like newsstands and supermarkets. So this is, you know, you and I both have experiences of buying comics before comic shops. Right. And, you know, before, for to anybody who doesn't know what that's like, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get because, <laughs> you know, not every, first of all, you know, the average newsstand vendor didn't give a damn about, you know, what, what was in there, what wasn't. So, therefore, you know, you may follow a, a comic book every month. There's no guarantee. I mean, if you can, if you read Batman, you were sure you were going to find Batman because, you know, they were going to sell Batman. But if you were reading a slightly more obscure title, there's no chance, no guarantee, I mean, that it was always going to be there. So there were gaps in my Justice League collection. And so here was this issue that I hadn't read. Now, I knew by then Firestorm was in the Justice League, but I never knew how he got there. And I'm like, oh, this is the issue where he joins. Oh, my God. So I bought that one. <laughs> and I loved it because it has a great intro of just about him joining the JLA. 
And that's a fun. I mean, again, and it's Jerry Conway. Good lord, Jerry Conway is like gave birth to both of us. Um, uh, <laughs> that didn't come out wrong at I all. Know. Just, yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, so, no, 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 no. Jerry, I mean that in a nice way possible. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so anyway, so the first couple of pages of the story are just about them bringing Firestorm to the satellite and inducting him into the league. And I always love those stories. Um, cause when I was a kid, you know, just the, being, the Justice League looked like the coolest group of guys you could ever want to hang with. Everybody got along. That, that's why I was always more of a DC kid than a Marvel kid. Like the Marvel guys, everybody sort of like hated one another in DC. Mm. They liked one another. And I always wanted to, and like they hang out at a satellite that's in space and they get all these special membership privileges. I mean, it just looked the coolest thing ever. And here was like before... Firestorm and, and and the previous member who had joined was Zatanna. They really didn't have like new heroes joining the Justice League. Most of the heroes were established. Right. So here you, you almost, had you almost had to be established before they even talked to you. Right. Exactly. They're very snotty. The Justice League. So, <laughs> you know, so so here was like a different perspective, and not again not to like over psychoanalyze, but if you're a kid and you imagine yourself as being like, wow, I wish I could live in the world where there was a Justice League. Firestorm is your good – Firestorm's entry into the Justice League is a good, um, like, primer because he's experiencing what you would experience, to be overwhelmed, to be just in awe. And then I love some of the details that Jerry Connery threw in is that after he's inducted and everybody's excited, uh, they cut to Batman droning on <laughs> about all the bylaws and how the satellite works. And Firestorm <laughs> is bored. Firestorm's like, oh my god, this is so boring. And it's like, that's great! That's a great bit! Like, you know, you never saw that before, because every every other hero was like, I am so in awe of being in the Justice League. And here was Firestorm, like, oh, this is so boring. Exactly. Can, can I convert Ronnie energy into something, that. you know? So, um, so while I never followed Firestorm the way you followed Aquaman, I, I certainly did like him being in the League. I still look at Firestorm as the last member of the real... I'm putting air quotes here. The real Justice League. He's really okay. the last member. And to me, he is just as vital a member as any of the other ones to me. And because he adds dynamic that no other character brought. And and I I, I did read Fury of Firestorm for a while. Um, I, did, I didn't keep up with it uh, real long. But I did read it and I did enjoy the character. And, and, and so, you know, um, my knowledge is nowhere near what yours is of Aquaman. But I'm... You know, I, I certainly like Firestorm quite a bit. Well, um, we should we should probably jump into the next topic simply because I'm I, what's going to end up happening is otherwise I'm going to talk for three hours about how much I love Aquaman and Firestorm and the majesty of the Aquaman realm and the innocence and, and naivety of Firestorm and all the their their character flaws that make them so phenomenal. So let's um, do you want to talk about uh, the new Fifty Two stuff that's coming? Yeah, up? we're starting this off at a good time in that the the both Aquaman and Firestorm are going to be having their own series. Again, very, yay, very, very soon. (laughs) So there will be a lot to talk about um, once the series starts. And Aquaman, of course, will be in the Justice League as well. So um, there will be a lot to, a lot of new material to to go over. So each episode we're going to sort of do, you know, the first half talking about uh, what's going on, you know, in, in, in each of the respective universes at the moment. And then the second segment where we cover just other random topics related to the characters. Um, so as <laughs> real quick, I got to add this, you know, it's kind of funny when, when each of us started our sites, our characters were respectively 
either dead or being completely unused. When, when you started Aquaman Shrine, you know, it was around the time of uh, Sword of Atlantis. Yeah. And, you know, Arthur Orin was gone. Yep. Pretty much. And when I started Firestorm Fan, uh, Jason's series, you know, as Firestorm had ended and he was like an afterthought in the Justice League. And it was <laughs> so, like, both of us kind of started back when it was easy. Now it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, my, uh, you know, people that don't like know the comic book stuff or that part of my life, or they still ask me every so often, like, uh, you still managed to talk about something about Aquaman every day. I'm like, yep. And then and now it's like, yeah, I can't even cover it all. I got, yeah. I have a team of good, good team of guys helping me run the site. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but you know, that's where we are. It's the, the, uh, the mission we've taken on for ourselves. Um, so yeah, so as we're, we're recording this, the new 52, as uh, DC has called it, uh, is coming down the tracks. We are less than, uh, uh about a, we're less than a month away from the first book, which is Justice League. And then, now, that's it. now, keep in mind, folks, that's the, the time of this recording. I mean, it takes a while to get these things edited and posted, and God knows when you all get off your lazy butt and actually download and listen to it. So more may have happened since we've recorded this, but that's where we exist right now. Absolutely. Um, if we can uh, – we don't want to mess with the time stream, as has been seen in many, many <laughs> Justice League <laughs> comics. We're gonna, yeah, if, if some new information uh, – uh, appears that we have to cover. Uh, Shag and I will jump into the transmatter device and go back and re-edit this podcast to the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. Um, so anyway, so yeah, uh, the Justice League book is going to be the first of the new Fifty Two, and then right after that, they are going to be hitting uh, fast and hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, oh God, we're going to have to make this explicit now. Um, <laughs> God, uh, we're gonna, we're going to be. They're going to be putting out a lot of books. Very fast. I think, I mean, 52 new books in a month, I, I think. Is yeah, four or is? five weeks, yeah. So, you know. Um, so, anyway, we're going to just talk about the new 52, not just limited to Aquaman and Firestone. We're going to talk about all the other books. So, um, what uh, I had, did you have the, Did you get the um, free sampler that they put I out did. this week? I did. Okay. I have it out here in front of me. Um, what stuff are you looking forward to? Well, I'm going to be picking up. Uh, obviously, Aquaman and Firestorm. I'm also going to be picking up. Um, shoot, I wish I, I I didn't write them all down. Uh, I'm getting Animal Man. Uh, I'll be getting Action Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to stall for time. Which ones are you getting, Rob? <laughs> well, um, I'm obviously Justice League is is that's an that, that's definitely a must buy. Just just because Aquaman is in it, I'd be buying it anyway. Um, even if he wasn't in it, because, you know, I love the Justice League. I always have. And, um, you know, I, I'm always up for they DC seems to go through this cyclical thing with the Justice League where they reboot it and they bring back the core characters. Yeah. And then over time, it gets watered down to where, you know, you don't read Justice League for like a year or two. And then you look at it again and it's got like the Justice League is now Obsidian, uh, <laughs> Brother Power the Geek. Uh, detect- Detective Chimp, um, Congorilla, Ultra the Multi-Alien, and Crypto. And you're like, what happened to the Justice League? And this has happened like four times now where, you know, it, I, I don't know whether it's sales or, or whatever. Or other, there are other factors. I'm sure there's probably other factors, but sales is probably always the number one, number one factor. And then DC reboots it and says, all right, everybody, the big guys are coming back. Right, so that's exactly. what they're doing again. So... 
even if Aquaman was left out, which is almost always what happens, um, but he's not being left out here. But even if he was being left out, I would still be buying it again because it's like it's a new Justice League. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see what they're going to do with it. I've actually got every single issue of the Justice League, either in original or reprint format. So I'm, I'm diehard. I'm in no yeah. matter what. Even yep. if it's a was it Yaz, the little dinosaur guy, it doesn't matter. I'm in. I don't even remember that. Wow. <laughs> um. So what other books? I'm going to be getting Wonder Woman. Um, Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang. That's a great combination. Um, I'm a fan of Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman like Aquaman, you know, is it, it pretty much still exists as a merchandising thing. Yeah, a merchandising revenue stream. Not to be too cynical about it, but um, they can. They've had such a tough time selling a comic book. But they're yeah. they're big hits as as merchandisable icons. So um, and I want there to be a good Wonder Woman comic book. When when George Perez took it over, I bought it for I think five years straight. I just thought he did a great job. So I like I kind of rooting for Wonder Woman because I just think she gets like the short end of the stick in terms of like how much in the culture she should be and how much she, you know, like, isn't, you know, that kind no, of thing. You're absolutely right. I mean, you walk into Target on any given day. Oh, man. And there's Wonder Woman merchandise in a lot of different spots, whether it be stationery or notebooks or shirts or underwear, or pajamas, whatever. You know, now that I've got a little, I have a five-year-old daughter, by the way. Now that I have a five-year-old daughter, I see it even more. And, and you're right. I mean, our, our, almost the entire time I've been buying comics, Wonder Woman is never a first-tier, top-selling book. Nope. Yeah, I can't. I, you know, I don't know what the problem. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess I should be uh, as much as I'm complaining about. It, I should be fair. I didn't really buy Wonder Woman for the last several years because I just didn't like it all that much. Um, but I want to like it. You know, I mm-hmm. want to like it. I'm, I'm like, and so anytime they're going to start Wonder Woman over with either a new creative team or, you know, a new number one, I'm going to be on board and I will give it a shot. So the the combination of Azarello and Cliff, Cliff Chang is a good combination. I mean, I love Cliff Chang's work. I think he's gorgeous stuff, and just from this little preview image I'm seeing in front of me, um, I think it looks great. So I'm, I'm on board with uh, Wonder Woman. Um, I'm definitely going to be getting um, Savage, <laughs> Savage Hawkman. Um, right. Again, I love Hawkman. Hawkman's an underrated character. Hawkman is someone. If I was ever writing an Aquaman comic book, <laughs> um, I would. I or more accurately, if I ever wrote a Justice League story or Justice League stories. I would make Aquaman and Hawkman like pals because I think they have a lot in common. They have probably too much in common, which is maybe why you know you couldn't do it. In, you couldn't do it in long form because they're not contrasting enough. They're both they're both jerks. Yeah, they're both very serious guys, and that you know you, that gets old kind of fast. But but to me, there's a basis for a friendship there because they are both you know they're aliens in their own cult. They're aliens on their own world. Um, they have um, they look to a certain portion of the world as their duty to protect, you know, the sea and the birds. Um, there's both have an environmental angle. Um, so they both have hot redhead wives. I mean, uh, you know, there's a, and that's another thing I have to say, I think between Mira and Hawk girl, like that set the tone for my romantic interests in life. I think I was always just like the redheaded girl. That's for me because, you know, I, I've, between Mara and Jean Grey, definitely for me. I mean, uh, my Gray, wife yeah, is, too, yeah. my, my <laughs> wife is a gorgeous redhead, so <laughs> I don't know. Definitely married up. So <laughs> nice job, um, Jack. Nice job. I'm excited about the Hawkman book as well. It's it's now if I as I understand it right, the description makes it sound like a reboot, but I thought from what I've read that it's picking up more after the Brightest Day storyline. That one, 
Um, by the way, if you want to keep up with Hawkman, definitely check out the Being Carter Hall blog. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. An, another one of our buddies, and he runs a great Hawkman site. Um, so let's see what else. Like, there's this DC Universe Presents, which is, I guess, like an omnibus book. Um, what? Well, an anthology, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really interesting idea. Uh, I hope Dead Man is strong enough to carry it through its first arc so that we can find out what's going to be after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if I need to see, like, five issues of Dead Man, but I will give it a shot because, again, I think the DC Universe is so, their bench is so deep that you could really do a lot of cool stories. And, I, you know, I would love to see them really reach out and get some weird people to do weird stories of, weird characters because Mm -hmm. why not you know i mean why not do two three issues and if it you know if it bombs you know how much money are you losing here this isn't you know a 200 million dollar movie um let you know let some somebody do you know let uh joe sacco do the unknown soldier for three issues (laughs) you know let um uh evan dorkin you know do plastic man just something crazy why not because then if people don't like it you know, hey, there will be another story, another character in another couple of months. I mean, showcase, basically showcase was what we're talking about. Yeah, basically. About is, yeah, basically the kind of concept. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bother with any of the Supermans. I just, you know, I, I, I don't, I, there's nothing about it, any of it that's making me really um, dying to want to read it. The bad, I'm uh, well, sorry, go let ahead. Me, I'm going to keep interjecting because that's how I roll. But um, Action Comics, I'm actually going to pick that one up. It looks interesting. It takes place five years before the current New 52 continuity. By the way, uh, Action Comics and Justice League are the only books that take place five years before the current continuity. Everything else takes place at the current time. Um, I've seen enough now of Action Comics to think that this actually looks like it's going to be a really good book. Hmm. Um, Grant Morrison swings the pendulum from amazing to insane all the time. And this one looks like he's dead on with what a superhero story should be. And uh, I like Superman, although I've stepped I – mean, throughout my collecting years, I've, I've collected Superman on and off. This one, I think, is going to be something we'll be talking about for a while. Hmm. Um, are you going to be getting uh, Batwoman? I am not. Now, why is I, that? I, I used to be a big Batman guy. I was really uh, – Norm Brayfogle and Alan Grant are sort of like my Batman era. That's a great run. Doing, when they were doing detective and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, some point, I, I guess after just all the Batman dying, coming back, dying, coming back, all that stuff, I, I had to walk away from it all. Mm-hmm. And so I don't actually get anything in the Batman realm anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't either, but it's like, I, and I very rarely buy any comic book just for the artwork because, you know, it has to be a story. I can't just look at pretty pictures. But I love J.H. Williams uh, the third. Uh, work so much. I mean, I just could sit and stare at it. It's so, mm. it's so beautiful. I don't know how he possibly can crank this stuff out on any sort of a deadline, and maybe he won't be able to. Uh, I mean, I know they've been putting off Batwoman for a long time. They've been running ads for it forever. Um, right. But I, I just look at the stuff, and I'm, God, this is so beautiful, this work, um, that I'm good. And I, and I do like the character. I think it's interesting. I, I think the costume is really cool. I like the angle. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it's a fairly, uh, again, I want to like put too much weight on it, but it's a, it's a, it's a progressive idea that you're going to have your main protagonist be gay. That's Mm -hmm. pretty, you know, that's, even if it doesn't work, that's, that's breaking a mold in a lot of ways. And I feel like 
hey, I want to support that because, well, I mean, I'll support it if it's good. If two issues in, it's boring. Uh, I'm going to ditch it, but I'm going to give it a shot because I just feel like, hey, this this seems interesting to me. I would love. I like. To I like also. I like the way they developed her in Fifty Two, and then in some of the miniseries because you mentioned the, the the lesbian angle, which just makes her character you know a little more unique. But what I like is she's a character first. She's yeah. a superhero first. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, she's a lesbian. So rather than someone approaching a book and going, it's time to make a gay character so that we show diversity, they made a character, and then they said, oh, by the way, yeah. You know, I, it's natural progression for her to be this way, and so I like that. That developed a lot more organically than, you know, say just you know starting with the concept. Let's make a gay character. Yeah, right. If you start from there, that's that's you know that's that's usually never a good idea. Wouldn't you not? Would you not love to see J. H. Williams draw Aquaman? I I would enjoy seeing him draw anything. Well, actually. yeah, but I mean, man, and, and, and I, I do want to say there's going to be all there's a, there's 52 books, and my pocketbook can't afford them all. Yeah, so. <laughs> When I say I'm not picking up a book, I don't want anyone to think that I think, you know, boo, that book looks stupid. In fact, I want to, after reading the solicits for all 52 books, I think all of them have merit. Um, I just have to pick and choose by what I yeah, go forward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I had unlimited funds to devote to this, I would be buying all of them just because I am excited about this. I think I, I, I have my um, criticisms about how far they're going, which in my mind is not far enough in terms of how different they're trying to make this. Mm-hmm. But I am excited about it. I think they're trying something different. And I yep. think you, you um, not you specifically, Jay, well, you specifically or anybody, um, you know, should appreciate it. And, and so, therefore, you know, if I had the money, I would be buying all 52 books. Now, I'm sure if I bought all 52 books, uh, I would be buying probably 25 number twos. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Batwing is not going to do much for me. Okay, can we just pick on Batwing? Because when I said almost all of these are great, um, that's the one that really left me scratching my head. That that feels like we just have to have another bat title. You know, like we don't have enough bat titles. We have to have another bat title. And, um, and I'm sure the people working on it are working their hardest on it, and they're going to produce the best possible book they can. It just doesn't look interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would be buying all these books and, and to give them all a shot. So, yeah. So, yeah, like, like you just said, you know, me saying I'm not going to buy – you know, a particular book is not necessarily, you know, a comment on what I think, how good I think it's going to be. It's just I got to pick and choose, especially at three dollars a pop. Um, yep. You know, if they were all, a, if they were all a buck, uh, this was somehow 1986 again. And they, were, <laughs> they were all a dollar. I would be like, oh, I'll give it. I'll drop fifty-two dollars in, in a month. I can do that. But you know, yeah. At three dollars, my heart breaks that I'm not getting Batgirl and Nightwing. I, I actually, I want to be there. I want to get those. But I just can't. Yeah. Um, are you going to be? I'm. 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 I'm undecided on Catwoman. I like Catwoman. I think that's a cool character. I like that she has her own book. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the writer. Uh, so <laughs> I don't mean him personally. Just his work. I'm just not a big fan. I, I just haven't. So that kind of puts me off. It, I'm just like, Ugh, you know. Um, but I love the cover by Gil, uh, Gillum March, I believe, of, of Catwoman laying on the edge of this building. Uh, I just, I love that image. I think it's a beautiful image. Um, yeah, she's dropping the diamonds on her. Yeah, it's a yeah, gorgeous, but gorgeous cover. So, um, so, you know, um, what else am I, I'm going to, I'm not going to bother with Green Lanterns. I'm just kind of, I, I was never a huge fan of Green Lantern in the comics and, uh, you know, eh. um, Swamp Thing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of Green Lantern. I've been buying them for years. I mean, going back to 
the, the mid '80s, I've been buying Green Lantern almost consistently. But a couple of years ago, it just got to be a little too much, and I I had to step back from it. So I'm I'm not getting in Green Lanterns either, even though I'm sure they're going to be fantastic. You're you're I mean, not going to get any of them. I mean, there's four to pick from, and that's the problem. I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. Okay. And that's kind of part of the reason, like the Batman, I said I walked away. It's, it's kind of all or nothing, this sort of thing with me. Uh, I would love to be getting, actually, I, I would love to be getting Green Lantern all four of them. Um, Peter Milligan on Red Lanterns. Peter Milligan's a genius. You know, the new Guardians is Kyle, my favorite Green Lantern. Core has got Guy, which just kicks ass. And, you know, the regular Green Lantern title has got Jeff Johns. It's got Sinestro. I mean, it's all, there's so many good reasons to be buying these. But I, I got I to gotta, I gotta pick and choose. Now, you, you just said Kyle's your favorite Green Lantern. Now, you grew up with Hal Jordan as your first Green Lantern. That is correct. Right. So what is it about Kyle? Because that, that's a little unusual. Usually, the, you know, the, whatever iteration of the character you like, it's usually the one you first encounter. But that's not, that's not true in your case. So why, why, do you have an idea why that is? Uh, yeah, actually. It's, I, I was buying Green Lantern very consistently, and I, I, I loved the character concept, you know, the idea to create the green energy and all the stuff, and I really gelled on the core issues. But whenever the story was about Hal, I just didn't engage real, a lot. And then when he had his own series, um, the one where he ultimately turned into Parallax, that, that run, mm. um, right after Emerald Dawn. Emerald Dawn was actually phenomenal, both one and two. But um, I, I realized reading it, it's like, wow, Hal is a really boring two-dimensional character. I'm bored out of my mind reading Hal. And then Hal went nuts, and we got Kyle. I'm like, wow, here's someone interesting, someone new. And part of it, I'm sure, is because I got to be there on the ground floor. You know, there, there's definitely something about sinking your teeth on a character on the ground floor, which is part of the reason they're doing the new 52, so everyone can get on the ground floor. But Kyle, I just, I, I connected with that character, and he's always been my favorite Green Lantern ever since. Hmm. Kind of like Wally, to be honest. You know, I grew up with Barry, but Wally's my favorite Flash. Interesting. It's I as much and I grew up on Barry and Hal, but I have to say I'm a little uh, disappointed that like DC has decided to scrub Wally and Kyle as the the the, the, iterate, the third iterations of the characters and have gone back to Barry and Hal. Yeah. Um, I feel like you know they actually managed to do it. They actually managed to turn turn the speedometer over to another generation, and I thought mm-hmm. that that's I thought that's great. It makes sense. Structurally, thematically, it'll make sense on a um, you know on a commercial level, and so I'm a little like you know my head sh- sh- a, little, a little bit of a shake as to why they did that. You know, I just felt like you know you 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 you, you managed to pull off these characters and reset them as new guys, and it works. And you know, you can't do that with everybody. Obviously, you can't ever really replace Batman or Superman, but they Correct. did it with Flash and Green Lantern, and um, and you better not do it with Aquaman. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, uh, what about uh, Joe? <laughs> what about who? Joe, the uh, sort of Atlanta soccer. Oh yeah, well you know, I, I, I like that book. I like that book perfectly fine. Um, I just, you know, I feel like, yeah. Well, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I like that book perfectly fine. I just wanted it. You know, I'm just like, there's still a lot of good Aquaman stories to be told. We don't need to shuffle him off. Off stage to, to, to replace a new one to, to have him be replaced by a new one, but you know, um, but I like the book, you know, sort of Atlantis as its own thing. Like if I had just read sort of Atlantis by itself and there wasn't any of this history before it, I liked it just fine, and I and I liked it at the time. So um, I'm going to be picking up probably Swamp Thing because I always love Swamp Thing. Um, 
I think it's you know just a great character. And Swamp Thing seems to be one of those characters that has been able to absorb multiple great runs. Um, I mean, like the Len Wein, Bernie Wrights in Swamp Thing is cla- right. is classic, but mm-hmm. the the Alan Moore, Steve Bissett Swamp Thing is classic. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's like there's no one run of Aqua of, of Aquaman of Swamp Thing. That, you know, to me, towers all above the others, although maybe you could say it's Alan Moore. But Swamp Thing just seems to be, uh, no pun intended, fertile ground for... Oh. Uh, really, it was not intentional. Um, was, it, uh, was it Nancy Collins who was writing it back when Vertigo started? Yeah, yeah. Sure. That, that, was my, that was my era of Swamp Thing when I really got into it. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's interesting that one... Title had encompassed so many amazing runs. Yeah, I mean, if really, if you, if you, if DC ever wanted to do a, you know, like greatest Swamp Thing stories ever told, they'd have a lot of material to perm from from a character that's comparatively not that old. You know, when they, when they used to do those greatest book compilations, they did you know greatest Batman stories ever told. They had oh, yeah. sixty, they had sixty years of Batman stories. Swamp Thing is barely forty. Uh, he's, in fact, he's not even forty yet. He's almost forty, but that's you know that's pretty good. So I every time they start him over. I always give that a shot because I always feel like it just seems like people really bring their A game uh, with him. Um, I'm going to I don't Stormwatch. I'm going to pass on that one and Voodoo and Grifter and Suicide Squad and Deathstroke. All we can. I'm going to I'm definitely going to go for All Star Western with um, Jonah Hex. Uh, I like Jonah Hex and uh, you know uh, the movie notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cool, you know. I always thought he was a cool character, and I always liked the story. So I'm glad that he's part of the uh, part of the group, uh, part of like the main group of new titles. Um, I'm gonna think I'm gonna pass on Blackhawks just because I like the Blackhawks. I always did. Um, do you ever read any Blackhawk comics? You know, I've never read many of the old ones. Uh, I've always been interested in characters, and I will say that even though I'm not getting it, this book looks really cool. Uh, they're the whole idea about they're the cleanup guys. You know, the, 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 the really hardcore, you know, side of the military that's really out there doing stuff that no one else is, and they come and clean up a lot of the stuff that's going on. I think that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I haven't been real plugged in with the Blackhawks. Yeah, there was a, um, a great run of Blackhawk in the early 80s by Mark Evanier and Dan Spiegel that, mm-hmm. was, that was done entirely because Steven Spielberg had optioned the Blackhawks for a movie. Oh. And, and yeah, and DC just wanted a Blackhawks, a Blackhawk book. They didn't really even care. Uh, they were like, and they basically, Mark Evanier has done several interviews to this to this effect, where basically DC just said, we're not going to make any money off this, we don't care, do what you want. We just want to have a book on the stands called Blackhawk. And so Mark Evanier was like, well, I'm just going to do what I want. And he, you know, is a, is a, a um, an old school comic book fan, and he did a great, him and Spiegel did the whole run together. Um, it's, it's a great series. It only lasted about 20 issues, I'm going to say. That would have been one of the uh, new format books, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, this was before that. This was, oh, okay. This was in like 82. Um, oh. and it only said, I, I think the new, new, no, yeah, no, no, no. It was, it was, um, before all that. So yeah, it was from like 82 to 84. It was only about 20 issues and they're just great self-contained stories. Like there wasn't a big... You know, obviously because it's in World War II and it was drawn by Dan Spiegel, so it didn't really look like any other of the DC books. It really is a different tone. And what's great is if you ever see them in a, in a comic book store or, uh, you know, a convention, you can pick them up for pennies. I mean, oh, wow. they're, they're not valuable, uh, you know, by any 
you know, monetary uh, rating. So um, you can get the whole run for like ten bucks. And <laughs> so they're they're if if you know if, to anybody if anybody's a fan of the Blackhawks and hasn't read those, read those issues. Those are those are a lot of fun. Um, speaking of war comics, Men of War. Um, it's the descendant of Sergeant Rock, um, yep. much like the Blackhawks. I mean, they do. They probably do need to update it. There's only so much s- stories of Sergeant Rock killing Ratsies in World War II, I guess, <laughs> that you can do. Um, so I think I'm going to give that a shot. Again, I like, I like Sergeant Rock. Um, I, I think it's cool that DC's taking the chance, you know, besides just having a superhero line, they, they, they've now got two war comics. You know, they've had a Western for a while. They're going to continue their Western that they've got other types of genres out there. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they, there was a time when DC and Marvel, well, not so much Marvel, but DC published, you know, war, western, funny animal, romance, you know, all yep. that stuff. And then, you know, obviously some of those genres are probably never coming back. Uh, it, I, I, if they feel the need to re- rejuvenate Jonah Hexer's Sergeant Rock or the Blackhawks, I'd rather bring them up to modern day rather than trying to make them superheroes. You know, <laughs> like trying to yeah. pin them in. They did that with the Blackhawks once, and that was a total disaster. So, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. So those are the those are generally the books I'm buying. And of course, I'm going to be buying uh, Aquaman number one and Firestorm number one, which come out the same day. This does perfect. Um, absolutely, and for Justice League, I'm going to pick up the first issue of Justice League International. I'm I loved the JLI. Uh, it's, I have such a passion for the ridiculous antics of that group, uh-huh. and uh, I really hope this one is – I don't know if it's going to be a funny book or not, but Dan Jurgens is doing it. It's definitely got a lot of promise, so I'm going to give it a try. Uh, obviously, we talked about Aquaman. I'm, I'm in for that. I'm also in for The Flash. Uh, Flash is also one of my all-time favorite characters, um, So more so Wally than Barry, but I, I've been buying Flash now since the mid-'80s, and I'm not going to stop. It's wow. just a, one of those characters I'm never going to give up on. Uh, I'll also mention some of the other books we skipped over, like Captain Adam. Uh, I'm not getting it, but J.T. Krul and Freddie Williams on a book, man, that thing's probably going to be pretty cool. Speaking of J.T. Krul, he's doing Green Arrow, which also looks nice. Another one I'm, I am going to pass on for right now, but it looks cool. They've done a lot. They've done a lot of work to try and make Green Arrow an interesting character. Um, they've looked at what really works, what resonates. So like they've looked really looked at Smallville and stuff for that book. Uh, some book called Fury of Firestorm. I don't know much about that one. Um, Mr. Terrific looks pretty cool. Not getting. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Should, that looks really should, cool. Not getting. <laughs> right. I should probably just focus on the ones I am getting. Okay. Um, Aquaman. I mean, I'm sorry, not Aquaman. Animal Man. Uh, big fan of Buddy Baker. Love that character, Grant Morrison. I, I discovered it through Grant Morrison's run. And... I'll, I'll do anything for Buddy Baker. I just think he's such a great character. I love the fact that there's a superhero out there that people just call him by his first name. They just call him Buddy. <laughs> no one calls him Animal Man. They call him Buddy. You know, and uh, I hope it, it looks bizarre. It's, I think it falls under their horror line of comics, I believe. I hope that they still keep the family angle, though, uh, intact. It looks really cool. Jeff Lemire is a great writer. Justice League Dark. Um, I think it's possibly the worst name for a comic ever, but <laughs> the comic looks like it's going to be so good. Justice it's, League with its deep, rich flavor. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like, come on, guys. I mean, I, I totally get why they named it that because you know more people are likely to pick that up than uh, the Shadow Pact. You know. <laughs> so, but the characters are so great. You got Madame Xanadu, John Constantine, uh, Enchantress, Zatanna, Dead Man, and Shade the Changing Man. I love Shade the Changing Man. Peter Milligan's writing it, so it's going to be so torqued and out there. It's going to be phenomenal. 
Teen Titans is a book I'm getting. It's sort of on my watch list right now, though. Um, I've been buying Teen Titans since the 90s. I'm a big fan of that book, too. I kind of follow them wherever they go. I'm a little hesitant, even though I like Scott Lobdell. I'm just a little hesitant on where this one's going to go. So I'm getting it, but it, it really better be good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned Action Comics. Uh, I'm going to give Blue Beetle a try. I love this incarnation of Blue Beetle. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I, hope the, if, I hope the book's as good as the character is. I hope it's worthy of him. It's the so new one, give, right? It's the new version? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's. I always call him Jamie Reese, but I don't know if it's actually supposed to be Jaime. I mean, it, I'm sorry. To, I don't know which way to pronounce that. I think, but, they call him, I think they call him Jaime on Brave and the Bold. Do they? Okay. I think. Um, he's a cool character. Just a neat character. The kid's great. He actually, in some ways, he's sort of what Firestorm used to be. He's the young guy who suddenly finds himself with all these powers, and he's just having fun, and suddenly everyone's accepting him, too. And that's kind of what Firestorm was back then. So a lot of parallels for me there. Uh, We talked about Hawkman, and I'm going to give the first issue of Resurrection Man a try. Um, It's uh, it's an interesting comic. I mean, I've read it off and on in the old days. Um, But I really like the writers on this one. Um, Dan Abnett and Andy Laning, they do some really great comics, so I'm going to give that a try. Yeah, they're writing that Wonder Woman and the Furies book, which is probably my favorite of the Flashpoint books right now. It is a good book. It absolutely is a good book. And, and lastly, the, the one comic I'm not getting, but I know I'm going to be kicking myself for probably later, is OMAC uh, by Dan DiDio and Keith Giffen. I am i can't get off my wallet for it right now. But every <laughs> I like that phrase. I've, seen, I've never heard that before. Uh, every picture I've seen looks so good. So good. You know, the, it's, it's Giffen trying to do Kirby is kind of what it is. Really. Right. And it looks so kick-ass. I mean, it just looks so good. So, that's my new 52. Uh, to answer your question, how excited am I about Firestorm and Aquaman? I tell you, I never thought we'd be in this position where we've got each of us, you and I both have, you know, books with our favorite characters. And not just, hey, by the way, we're giving you an Aquaman book. We're giving you an Aquaman book written by Jeff Johns. You know, <laughs> and not just we're giving you a Firestorm book, but one written by Ethan Van Skyver and Gail Simone. It's like, oh my gosh, talk about thrusting our, you know, second or even third tier characters into the limelight. Wow. So I'm totally over the moon. Um, for me, Firestorm, it's, it's going to be a big transition because they are completely revamping the character. It's a whole new reimagining. It's, I mean, everything we knew about Firestorm before, completely different. It's starting over. Um, it's not even similar, really. It's got a nuclear angle to it. Um, but it's not... You know, two people forming to form a guy, and you know that's a superpowered person, and one's an advisor, one's sort of the pilot. None of that at all. Now you've got Ronnie, you know, has his individual set of powers as Firestorm. Jason will have his individual sets as Firestorm, and they are able to combine, and they combine into this ten-foot nuclear monster who's been described sort of like the Hulk with nuclear powers, <laughs> and. So it's a whole different ideology, a completely different idea. And they've said it is a reimagining, so it's not like this is post-brightest day. This is all new. It's all starting over. So I'm excited. I, I'm going to miss the old Firestorm continuity, you know, because that, that's where my heart was. Yeah. But I'm definitely excited for the new book. All the, all the right elements are there, though. I mean, you've got the powers. You've got the characters. You've got, you know, the, the teenagers excited and enjoying the powers. You've, I mean, 
Ethan Van Skyver is known really well for being an idea guy. He really sits there and breaks down the mythology of characters. I didn't know this till recently. I've been reading up on him. He's, they say he's one of the purest idea guys in comics in that he really, really, really thinks about the mythology of the characters and is able to see beyond what we just see as like, cool fight, you know, whatever. But he, he did that with Firestorm. He did a lot of that with Green Lantern. Apparently a lot of the Green Lantern stuff that was so popular with Sinestro Corps and, and all the different colored groups, apparently he really – deserves a lot of the credit, just didn't get credited for it. Hmm. So I think he's really broken down what worked with Firestorm, and they've done this book, and it's, it's actually one of the neat things is they're saying it's actually going to be kind of a scary book because the idea of nuclear energy and power and what that means to the world and what it can do to the world, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intimidating. And they, they made a comment that it's a worldwide issue. Uh, this isn't just centralized on them. The, the, apparently the, the Firestorm Protocols, whatever those are, we don't know yet, is a worldwide issue. And there may be lots of Firestorms, meaning like these characters, there may be a bunch of them out there. You know, That kind of makes me cross my fingers and hope that maybe there's a Professor Martin Stein Firestorm and there's a Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Arkadin Firestorm for these for my for match heads out there listening. They know who I'm talking about. Is that the actual name of Firestorm fans? Is that like an official thing? Uh, I have dubbed it such. That's great. <laughs> well, then it's official. Then that's fantastic. I love that. I've never heard that before. Match heads. We're all, we're all match heads. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that sticks. But um, so it, it's a it's an interesting idea. It's really out there. And uh, man, the art is so amazing. This guy, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Yildare Sinar. Um, he was doing Legion of Superheroes recently. Now he's doing this, and he's doing his own inking and and. Oh my gosh, dude, the pages are so, so gorgeous. I mean, I think, I like Ethan Manskyver's covers fine, but I love the interior pages I've seen of the Furies of Firestorm. Yeah, I saw the stuff on the Firestorm fan, and stuff does look really, really nice. Nice of you to visit my little site. I, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was really bored one day, and I had literally looked at every other site on the internet. So uh, Right. <laughs> All done except for Shag Scrap. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I hit F in the, my search browser, and it went right to Firestone Fan. So, yep, you know. there it is. <laughs> That's all right. So how excited are you about Aquaman? <laughs> well, pretty damned excited. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, first of all, they've got those preview pages out of Aquaman kicking the crap out of... <laughs> out of some bad guys sticking his trident in the in the grill of a truck and flipping it over you're like you know yeah and i said before i said on another podcast uh that i was a, a guest on that of all of aquaman's powers the one power that i would like to see them uh them dc or whoever uh ramp up a little is his is his strength because sh- super strength is a great visual it works well in comics you know and um telepathy is a great power but in, in comics form it just doesn't read all that amazing you know you're like in 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 a movie uh you could do telepathy and it could be kind of startling but in a in a, in a comic book it's 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 you know the, the little vis- circles yeah it just, it just doesn't have that oomph to it the way that being able to draw Somebody, you know, like I remember you mentioned early on uh, around, I think in um, uh, six hours ago when we started this podcast, um, it was Secret Wars when they dropped the mountain on the Hulk. Yes. You know, as a kid, that was like, wow, he's holding up an entire mountain from from it crushing all these other characters. And it's like that just being able to, 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 
to portray that that kind of sheer muscle uh, makes for good visuals in comics. And Aquaman, the writers have never been consistent about how powerful he is. I mean, as much as I love um, the late '60s Steve Skeets uh, run of, of Aquaman, and that's still to my day, still to this day, is probably my favorite run. He really wasn't very superpowered in that, in terms of his strength. I mean, there were guys knocking him out with with clubs on the back of his head, and you know, <laughs> no. No, okay, this is a guy that can survive at the bottom of the ocean that crushes, you know, battleships like tin cans. A, a, a piece of wood is not going to knock him out. So I like that they're, they're, they're already ramping that. I mean, like, there was that, ish, there was that book, um, Liberty and Justice, um, the Justice League oversized comic, where Aquaman just pounds his way out of a, out of a bulkhead uh, when he's uh, kidnapped, not kidnapped, but he's, he's taken prisoner by the, uh, that Russian sub. And he just pounds his way out of it with his fists. And it's like they need to do a little more of that. So I'm glad that not only is that in this book, that that's the example they choose to show as the preview for the book. I, I'll tell you one thing, and I'm jumping in there. I apologize. I really liked about that preview. The strength, obviously, definitely. But I also liked when they, they fired guns at him. They shot him. And they show the bullets bouncing off. But they show this t- little tiny trickle of blood, which shows that he's pretty much bulletproof. Yeah. So I like that it, it, it demonstrated how incredibly strong he is, how incredibly dense his skin is. But it wasn't – it was enough to say, well, you know, bullets can almost hurt him. Yeah. So I, I really yeah. I really dug that. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, you know, I, yeah, you don't want him to be like Superman where he, the bullets are just flying off and, and hitting uh, random passersby. Um, uh, you know, you, you, want him, you want it to look like it does. I always liked that about uh, Power Man, Luke, Luke Cage, was that when they would shoot him – he would grimace because it was like it stings, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm bulletproof. It's not going to go into my, it's not going to go into my body and rip up my internal organs, but it still hurts. And I think that's a great. And then to me, that makes you even seem tougher that yeah. you, that you're still walking towards somebody shooting at you, uh, you know, as opposed to Superman, where it's like, oh, who cared? Bing, 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 you know. Um, so yeah, I think that's and it, so I, I feel like uh, it, it, it's neat that they're choosing to ramp. To, to, to ramp up that part of his of his of his powers, and then that that DC chose whoever makes these decisions chose to take that sequence and make it the, the sort of official preview. I think that is designed to get uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for like uncertain fans on board because. Well, it, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know anyone who saw those pages and didn't go. This looks great. Well, there's so many elements in there too. Yeah. I mean, yes, it shows how powerful he is. But then there's a spot where they're even making fun of him. Yeah, <laughs> which is perfect because you know there's no denying how much he's picked on. Yep. You know, amongst the fans and, and non-fans and in general populace. So having him get picked on in the book and still you know owning everyone. Pretty much. I mean, he took care of business right then and there. So you can pick on him, but he still did everything that you want out of a superhero and, you know, took care of this issue. And it's like, okay, that – you've got the, the demonstration of the powers. You've got him getting – showing, yeah, he could be picked on, but, yeah, you know what? He's still doing it. He's ta- – you know, he's going to clean this up and there's no reason to pick on him. I mean, it's it's well-balanced. It makes a great, great preview. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great like, laugh line to go out on, you know, after all this ass-kicking action, and then you've got this punchline of, you know, do you need a glass of water or something? That's great. So, yeah, well, I, I, see, I didn't see it as a punchline. I saw it more as, like, that guy making an ass of himself. Well, yeah, and, but I mean, right. And it 
And it's like, wow. It just it showed that, yeah, he gets picked on, but that he shouldn't be. He's so awesome. Right. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, it was great. And I'm very, very excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, you know, I've been beating this drum for five years now online. And then, you know, <laughs> for 15 years before that, it's just that, that Aquaman, you know, never quite catches a break. And, you know, uh, it's great that they're putting him so front and center. He's going to be in two books. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, I can't ask for any more than, than this. I mean, I used, you know, this shrine used to rag on DC pretty hard for how it treats Aquaman. And they deserved it. I mean, they, it's not like I was just being unfair. But, you know, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, they're, they're trying to rectify that. And, and, and by giving him, by, by having it be written by, I guess you could argue, arguably say, this is DC's marquee writer, their number one marquee writer, maybe Grant Morrison, you know. Um, um, no, it's it's Johns. I don't think there's any argument okay. to be had there. He's definitely one of the, you know, if not their biggest, certainly one of their top top tier talent in terms of uh, his influence, his name, his following, and you're having him write Aquaman. That sets the tone. And and I will say, if the book is if the book is half as good or, or a quarter as good as what we see in the preview, uh, it there won't be excuses for the character after this. It'll be like. This was his chance, and here we go, and he should be able to build a, a, a following of new fans on top of the bitter old husks that we are. Um, <laughs> well, the exciting thing for me is that Aquaman was written so well in Brightest Day, and that was Jeff Johns. And now, so we already know the man can write Aquaman, and we get to hear, and he's writing both Aquaman and Justice League. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's Aquaman's entire future is resting in his hands, and he's got the artists of... Uh, what is it, jo- Joe Prado? Ivan, right? Re- Ivan Rees and Joe Prado. Okay, Ivan Rees and Joe Prado, and then the other side you get Jim Lee. I mean, you got the best writer, you got the best artists. I mean, Aquaman is positioned, and he's got and he's got mutton chops. Five years <laughs> ago. So he's positioned to really finally come into his own here, or be or be at least be respected by the casual readers. Yeah, and I, I would love to see. I don't know to to what extent. I mean, I know that like you said, Justice League is set five years in the past. Presumably, that's not going to last forever. That's that's going to be a setup for however long, and then they're going to push it to the current day. I don't. I, I'm just. That's just a guess. Um, I would love to see since 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 uh, Johns is writing both. Uh, I'd love to see some coordination of those two books. Not you know not super heavy. Not like oh you know re, Aquaman number two re, you know goes into Justice League number three, but. Um, one of the things that even as a kid drove me nuts was like when Aqua, Aquaman's son was murdered by Black Mana. That was never once mentioned in Justice League. Never mm. once. Now, gotcha. that's not anybody's fault because this was an era of, you know, comics really didn't do that back then. They were different writers. Jerry Conroy was writing Justice League and you had uh, a sort of revolving door of people writing Aquaman. It was Levitt, Paul Levitz and then it was David Michelini and then it was Paul Kupperberg and then Bob Rosakis. Um, so you didn't, but you didn't have that coordination, but I mean, imagine, I I mean, just to take it seriously for a moment, imagine you are working with this man, you're, you're, you're part of a team of superheroes and you're working, you've been working with this man for, you know, however many years DC wants to retcon, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, and his son has been murdered by one of his villains, you would think that would probably be a topic of discussion at the Justice League satellite. It would, pro- <laughs> it probably would have come up. 
Yeah, you know? there, there's there been some talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the fact that like that part of Aqu- like Aquaman just kept appearing in Justice League as if there was no, you know, it was just the same guy that had been in the book twenty years earlier. That always sort of you know just sort of flummoxed me as like, man, you know, <laughs> come on. So it would be interesting to see if you've got Johns writing both books, and once you get Justice League up to the current day, if in, if in fact that is what he's going to do. You could have some coordination, and that would only help, I think, Aquaman, because you're going to, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, Justice League is going to be one of their top-selling books out of, out of the gate, just because of the, the characters and the names. So well, they're, they're setting it up as their, their marquee Yeah, I mean, by, by making it the first book of the line to come out. Um, well, know, I think so, you're going to get some coordination, because, I mean, if you look at, you know, the, the makeup of the team, you've got Aquaman and Mera. Yeah. Uh, no, that well, too. Jeez, I forgot to even mention that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mara, Mara's on the Justice League as well, so I think you're going to get a situation where, because that one takes place in the past, five years in the past, so maybe that's where they develop their relationship, you know, or they come onto the team. I guess they might be boyfriend and girlfriend. I, I, you know, Firestorm's continuity is getting tweaked 100%. Is, is, is Do we know if Aquaman and Mara are married in the Aquaman book? I we don't know that, but I believe they. I believe that Aquaman is going to mostly retain his Aquaman-ness. <laughs> okay, his and do we series. know if Aqua, uh, Arthur Jr. or Arthur the Third, depending on what you want to say, did he ever exist? Did they wipe that out? He would be Arthur Jr. He'd be Arthur Jr. Um, I don't. You know, I don't know. I, I believe they're going to retain all that. Okay. Um, I, I think. I think that would be interesting if they were to wipe that out. I don't know. I mean, it seemed like in brightest day they were setting it up though, because they had her screaming about she never wanted kids and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got to imagine there'll be coordination there, because simply because Mara plays a role in the Justice League. Yeah. And by the way, I do got to do a plug. Um, in the shots for Justice League, they've got the main core characters, which includes Aquaman, and then they've got peripheral, you know, sort of almost ghostly images of people like Mara and Dead Man, I think maybe, but Firestorm. Is in the uh, supposedly going to be in the Justice League at some point here, so and that may be during that gap, maybe from the five years before, earlier to modern days where Firestorm somehow fits in. I, I don't know how they're going to do that, but apparently Firestorm does have Justice League in his future based on the promotional art, which is cool. Yeah, that's good. He should be in. The, you know, I would love to see them try and retain that lineup again of the of all those teams. Can I say too, if I was a DC um, in terms of the DC, the New Fifty Two, if I was an Adam fan. Uh, I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> no, I didn't think about that. Well, you know, you know what the talk is currently. Um, there's a lot of debate now. The Adam is is shown in that same you know image as as being an eventual Justice Leaguer. The question now, though, is is it Ryan Choi or, or is Ray, it Ray Palmer? Ray Palmer. I everyone assumed it was Ray Palmer, but I heard recently that it may actually be Ryan Choi. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. I, I would, you know, I, I just feel like I'm, that's good. I'm glad that he might be in. The, he he belongs in the Justice League. Different version. He belongs in the JLA. But it's like, man, all the other, like all their characters are getting their own books except for the Adam. <laughs> like, oh, <man. laughs> well, I'll tell you, there, there's one thing in the New Fifty Two which breaks my heart. The thing that I'm missing the most here is the Justice Society. the The official word is they've been given a rest. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever even told you this. The JSA is is where my heart belongs. Um, when I went to create a, a character-specific blog, uh, Firestorm wasn't actually the first one I, I was jumping at. It was actually going to be JSA, but there were already so many sites out there covering the JSA. I'm like, well, I, I don't want to do that. I want to cover something that no one else is. That's how I got to Firestorm. Um, but 
the JSA is nowhere. I mean, literally nowhere. They, that, the official word is being, being given a rest. My hope is that they will reveal them eventually. Um, but being that Superman is supposed to be the first public superhero, and that was only five years ago, uh, I don't see how they could acknowledge the JSA back during World War II then. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work. So, I mean, I, I love the JSA. So I'm really heartbroken about Jay and Alan and Dr. Fate. And, see, I don't even call him Flash and Green Lantern. I call him Jay and Alan. <laughs> um, you know, uh, just, oh, I really hope they, they do good by the JSA. Such a good team. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I always loved the Justice. I always loved Earth too. I love Justice Society. One of the earliest comic book memories I ever have is buying the origin of the Justice Society story that was done by Paul Levitz and Joe Staten. I still have that comic. It's such a good. You know, that's a big deal. That's that's when they totally redid their origin and brought Roosevelt into it and everything. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I just love all that kind of stuff. So I mean, I'm a big aficionado of like 40s culture, 30s and 40s culture, and. Just steeping these characters in that history so completely. I just, yeah, I was completely in love with that, uh, that yeah. whole concept. I just love the idea of the president, you know. <laughs> okay, boys, go over and kill Hitler. I just think that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, that will probably be my only FDR impression I will ever do on the show. But I can't guarantee that. I, um, I liked it. Thank I liked you. It. Thank you. Um, so uh, that's a, I think that's about it for the, our coverage of 52. Do you have anything else you wanted to add, Shag? I just, I, you know, folks, being fans of both these characters, you know, please pick them up. Even, even if, you know, I don't know whether the reboot of Firestorm is just too much for you. There's a lot of a lot of match heads that aren't happy about it. Um, support the character, you know. I mean, buy it, give it a shot. You've got on both Aquaman and Firestorm, you've got great creative teams. If if you're a little nervous about the book, give it a shot anyway, though, because you've got these incredible writers and artists out there doing it. I'm pretty confident that even if it's you know one of these series is not your bag, it's going to end up being that very quickly. It's going to draw you in. It's going to be a great series. Um, I think Ultimate Potential. I mean, there's there's a million comic books out there, guys, that we were nervous about when they first came out and said, "Oh, that's not that's not my character." Shade the Changing Man. I mentioned it earlier. I'll pick on that one. Shade the Changing Man. When, it, when number one came out from Vertigo, it's like that's not my Shade the Changing Man. <laughs> that's not my M vest. What do you mean it's called a Madness vest? This is completely different. That run is genius. It is. It is. It's so different and out there. It's brilliant. And while Aquaman is a little more straightforward and Firestorm isn't, as far as following the previous continuities, they're, they're both going to be great books. So give them a try. Show DC your support. Buy them and, uh, you know, love them. And then come back and listen to episode two of this show. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so anyway, that said, we're gonna, uh, that's going to wrap up this first episode of the Fire and Water uh, podcast. Uh, Shag, where, is, uh, where can Firestorm fan be found on the, on the interwebs? Well, you can find uh, the site itself is firestormfan.com. Pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm pretty active over on Twitter as well, and the handle simply firestormfan. So feel free to uh, drop a if you're a Twitter Twitter kind of person, I'm over there. If you're a, if you're more into uh, Facebook, you can find uh, the feed for Firestorm Fan on Facebook. Things like that as well. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I have a couple other things I'm involved with. I have another site called onceuponageek.com. It's my personal blog. Uh, I put stuff up there, not as frequently as I used to, but um, I do that as well. I also have some podcasts I'm involved with. The Unique Geek is a group that I do podcasts with and a listserv. That's theuniquegeek.com. Views from the Long Box is another one a buddy of mine, Michael Bailey, puts together. It's a phenomenal podcast about uh, older comics and 
That's viewsfromthelonebox.com. I'm a semi-regular co-host on that one. And then I make the occasional guest appearance on uh, another series of podcasts called Two True Freaks. Uh, a couple of great guys, um, and those are definitely worth listening to. But mainly, if you're listening to this, you're interested in Firestorms, that's firestormfan.com. Sweet. Man, you are busy with the podcast. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and the Aquaman, uh, the Aquaman Shrine can be found much like uh, uh, Firestone fans, just AquamanShrine.com. Uh, the Aquaman Shrine has a Facebook page, and it has a Twitter feed all with the same name, so uh, please go and check out. And uh, in terms of the Twitter feed, there's lots of stuff on the Twitter feed that uh, doesn't always make it onto the Shrine, just because there's just so much new things to cover. So um, I would definitely recommend you, you follow the, uh, the, the Twitter feed, because there's always little things that uh, were popping up there that don't uh, sometimes filter their way down to the shrine or filter the way up, depending on your perspective. Um, so anyway, it's AquamanShrine.com. Uh, if you want to uh, send an email uh, to the show, uh, we have an email address that I set up, and it's uh, fireandwater at comcast.net. Uh, maybe uh, if we get some interesting emails or angry emails, maybe we can read them on the show or something like that. Uh, how's that sound, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. Give us some feedback, folks. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that thing that wraps up our first episode. Um, well, I do want to mention one more oh, thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Folks, if you're, if you're subscribed to this through an RSS or iTunes or whatever, watch the feed because every so often you're going to see an episode pop up. It'll be a very special episode yes. of Fire and Water that will come up from time to time. That's and right. where we're not really going to talk about Firestorm or Aquaman. We're going to talk about who's who in the DC Universe. That's right. Uh, the, the Shag and I have an obsessive love for the DC, who's who, the definitive director of the DC Universe uh, series, and it uh, really goes beyond any plausible explanation as to why. It's not natural. Yeah, it really is unnatural. Um, and we were thinking about making, the, making it part of this show, but then we realized, you know, why force people to listen to it if they don't want to hear it? And it also frees us up to talk in depth about the series, <laughs> much more in-depth than anyone could possibly want, much more in-depth than I think even the people who put the book together uh, looked into it. Uh, but those will, be, yeah, those will be special episodes of Fire and Water that will uh, just cover who's who, and they will be covering who's who page by page, <laughs> character by <laughs> character. I'm laughing as I say it as I realize the ridiculousness of this effort. But, yeah, um, yeah, those will be popping up sort of at random intervals whenever – um, Shag and I want to spend time away from our families, and uh, we just want to talk about who's who, um, <laughs> you know, in lieu of doing other more normal pursuits. Um, so I said thank you for uh, listening. We appreciate it. Please go visit firestormfan.com and aquamanshrine.com for the latest in Firestorm and Aquaman news, and uh, there will be lots of news, uh, much, much more news than there ever was before coming up very soon. That's uh, crazy. And by the way, I can't go out without saying support Firestorm, fan the flame. There you go. <laughs> I got to work on that. I don't have like a catchy phrase. I, fan, the, <laughs> fan the flame is great. I don't have like an Aquaman, you know, I, I got to work on that. I've only been running the damn thing for five years. I haven't come up with any catchphrases yet. Swim with some dolphins. <laughs> talk to some fish. <laughs> Something like that. I, I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening to the show. And uh, we hope you come back for episode two uh, whenever that gets put up. Uh, we will announce whenever, – whenever the episodes come up, we will definitely announce it on our respective sites. Until then, uh, please, as uh, Shag says, fan the flames, and uh, thanks for listening. Shag, what do you want to say here. goodbye? What's that? You want to say goodbye, Shag? Goodbye, Shag. <laughs> thanks for listening. Goodbye. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. 
lives forever. Yeah.